Luke, the second chapter, I want to share with you for a few minutes about the Christmas story and believe that God will continue to work powerfully in our lives, in our service here today. Luke chapter 2, notice with me verse 1, Luke chapter 2 and verse 1 reads, And it came to pass in those days that a decree went out from Caesar Augustus that all the world should be registered. This census first took place while Quirinius was governor, uh, governing Syria. So all went to be registered, everyone to his own city. Joseph also went up from Galilee out of the city of Nazareth into Judea to the city of David, which is called Bethlehem, because he was of the house and lineage of David, to be registered with Mary, his betrothed wife, who was with child. So it was that while they were there, the days were completed for her to be delivered. Not the baby delivered, but her delivered from the baby, I guess. Is that how that works? Ladies? All right, just wondering. Verse 7, and she brought forth her firstborn son, and wrapped him in swaddling clothes, and laid him in a manger, because there was no room for them in the inn. Now, this looks like a situation that wasn't working out too well. I mean, you think about traveling, especially in their day, going on a long trip. They weren't exactly riding in a comfort leather seats, you know, air conditioned, heating, you know, all that kind of stuff. So they got a long trip. Have you ever been on a long trip and you couldn't wait to get to your hotel? think, man, just get to a hotel, get, get a nice shower, get a nice bed, and relax. Man, just worn out. How many know this is, doesn't look like a real good situation here? <laughs> After a long trip, you arrive, and there's no rooms available. Uh, but you guys could stay in the barn. <laughs> uh, you guys could go ahead and sleep out there in the, in the barn, and, and, and that would be okay. And so, I don't know, I just think sometimes uh, when things are not working out quite as as we planned, or we're a little bit uncomfortable, uh, we shouldn't despair because that doesn't mean that God's not. That doesn't mean that God's finished with us. That doesn't mean that that He can't still work in this situation. In fact, one of the most amazing things, one of the most amazing events that we are celebrating today, it worked out from a very bad start. Huh? He still worked it out, and God's plan came to pass. And uh, and so, believe whatever situation you're in, no matter how it's going, that God can still work. And He, if you're living in a barn or or or, or worse, or 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 something else is not going real real well, believe that God can and will work in your life and turn this situation around. And uh, I, I don't know. I, sometimes I think about Jesus. Because people often will say today, you know, if a, if a kid makes a mess or if a kid leaves the door open, they'll say things like, what, were you born in a barn? And uh, uh, Jesus had a pretty good answer, I guess. <laughs> As a matter of fact, uh, uh, yes, and you probably should have heard about it. <laughs> uh, verse 8, chapter 2 again, verse 8. Now, uh, there were in the same country shepherds living out in the fields, keeping watch over their flock by night. And behold, an angel of the Lord stood before them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were greatly afraid. Now, in reading these verses, my mind goes often this direction, because this is such an outstanding event. I mean, not your average, everyday 
happening where angels show up and they bring you a great message. And, and I mean, this is a pretty outstanding event. And so I go to thinking, these guys, they're just out in the field taking care of their, their flocks and God shows up. Heaven is revealed. There's an outstanding move of something that will, well, they may not have, might not have recognized this, but changed lives forever. But this happens all while they're just kind of taking care of business. So I think, well, what might they have been tempted to do other than be at work? Other than take care of their responsibilities? And if they had yielded to that, if, you know, if one of the shepherds says, hey, shepherd, shepherd number two, uh, <laughs> uh, what, what do you say? We just lock these animals up and run into town. This would be a great night to, you know, catch a movie or, or whatever they did. And, 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 you know, in other words, shirked their responsibilities left their station, left their place, left that assignment that they had, and they were off doing something else, and then the angels show up, and they're not there. And so and then I begin to think about my own life and, and recount and, and rehearse some of the past victories and, and, and some of the experiences I've had uh, with the Lord and, and, and really defining moments in my life. Many times they were in services like this, where God spoke and He moved, and my life took on a different uh, uh, direction. And I start to think, well, what if I wasn't there when that happened? What if when God moved, I was somewhere else? I was off doing my own thing, and I missed out. And sometimes people never know. They don't know what they've missed because they're just out doing whatever they are doing, not recognizing that God will show up at times and move and work in our lives, but it's when we are where we're supposed to be. Everybody okay? And so they weren't off doing something else, but they were there, and they didn't miss their heavenly visitation. Can I encourage you, stay faithful to what you're supposed to do. Stay faithful where the Lord has planted you. Steward your flocks. God knows where you are, and He'll show up. I was thinking about uh, over in the New Testament, you know, after Jesus lived his life, was crucified, was raised from the dead, and, uh, and then afterwards, the Bible tells us he started appearing to different people. One time, he appeared to 500 people at once. Pretty cool. Not, not, just, Jesus in the, not just Jesus in the flesh, not as a man, Jesus the resurrected Christ now, fully God. Uh, he, he, he reveals himself to these people, but then you fast forward just a few weeks, and you get to Acts chapter 2, and that's the day of Pentecost. And that's when the Spirit of God was poured out in a mighty way. Rushing mighty wind, cloves of fire, they all spoke in tongues. Powerful experience, life-changing. Wouldn't would it be great to say, yeah, I was in the upper room. I was there on the day of Pentecost. It was nice. But you know how many people were there? Well, Scripture tells us there's about 120 people there. I don't know for certain, but sometimes I wonder. What about the other 380? Where were they? Maybe they were supposed to be there too. Maybe there could have been others in that group. Because the Lord showed himself to them. He told them, wait for the promise that my father is sending. But they were off busy doing something else. And they missed a move of God. They missed a visitation from heaven. 
And I start to think again for my own life, what's coming up? Where am I supposed to be? I don't want to miss out on what God has for me. I want to be in the right place at the right time. Praise God. Let's never be consumed with the next thing. I can't wait for the next thing. And so we leave where we're supposed to be right now. Scripture goes on to say here in verse 10, Then the angel said to them, Do not be afraid, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which will be to all the people. Notice how God works. Who, 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 was, the, who was the message for? What was the, the, the great tidings of great joy? Who was it for? It was for all the people. Who did he bring it to? You. In other words, the shepherd here. Brought it to the shepherd, but it was for everyone. Do you know God still works that way? He has a desire, and he has a love, and he has a, a plan for everybody. So what does he do? He brings a message to one. He brings a message to you. He brings a message to me so that we can spread it from there. Say, why didn't the Lord just appear to everyone? He doesn't want to. He wants to give a message to you so you will take it and share it with everyone. But does he want everyone to have it? Absolutely, he does. Verse 11, for there is born to you, not just to Mary. Mary's having a baby. No, there's born to you. This day in the city of David, a Savior who is Christ the Lord. And so we see this pattern, how God will bring a message to one that is designed for all. He did that through Israel in the Old Testament. He, he made a covenant with one nation, so they, would, they were supposed to represent him to the entire world. Uh, he also works with us that way today. I know sometimes individuals will say, it doesn't matter what we say. We shouldn't talk to people. We shouldn't tell people about Jesus. In fact, you shouldn't even say Merry Christmas. You should keep it in the holiday language. Right? Don't say anything, just live your life, and then they'll come to the Lord through our life. Well, that would not be consistent with what the Scriptures tells us to do. It's not about being quiet. It is about having a life that backs it up, but it's about declaring and speaking the things that He has given to us. Well, if you go on over into the, into the New Testament as well, if you read over in the book of Acts chapter 10, you find a guy named Cornelius, all right? Cornelius was a, was a guy who wasn't saved, okay? He had, he had a desire. He feared God. In fact, the Bible says that he prayed a lot and he gave a lot. Prayed a lot and gave a lot. He did get God's attention, but he was still unsaved. He, was still, he, he had never received eternal life. You know why he hadn't? He didn't know about it. But he was asking God for direction, for answers. Maybe some of you have been that way. It's like, I want this. I want God to work in my life, but I don't know how. I don't know what the answer is. I don't know how this works. He was that way. He prayed a lot. He gave a lot. And you know what happened? An angel showed up. An angel showed up to him. And you know what the, this is very interesting to me. You know what the angel didn't tell him? How to get saved. The angel didn't say, hey, Cornelius, let me lay out the plan. God sent his son. It was Jesus. Maybe you've heard of him. And he died on the cross. He was raised from the dead. You can be saved. You can be born again, receive eternal life today. The angel didn't tell him any of that. And you would think, while you're here, <laughs> why not just explain it? I would think he could probably do a pretty good job explaining it. But he didn't tell him. This guy wants to be saved. An angel shows up and doesn't help tell him how to be saved. You know what he does tell him? He tells him about another guy named Peter. And he says, look, I'm talking to Peter. The Lord's talking to Peter right now as well. 
We're going to make a connection. If you'll go talk to Peter, he will tell you what you must, need, what you must do to be saved. That's the pattern God always uses. That's the pattern he works in today. He did it with the shepherds. Appear to the shepherds. Now you go tell everybody. Appear to, appear to Peter, our minister, and, and well, it wasn't an appearance, but had a, uh, fell into a trance there and saw people coming. And Cornelius was connected with Peter. I wonder who might you be connected to. I wonder who might I run into. What, what, what divine appointments, what, what connections might God be working behind the scenes so what I know can get to somebody else, so what you know can get to someone else. goes on to say in verse 12, Luke chapter 2 and verse 12, let's continue reading. And this will be the sign to you. You will, you will find a babe wrapped in swaddling clothes lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly hosts praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace, goodwill toward men. You ever notice that language there, how it doesn't say peace, goodwill among men? Do you ever notice how Jesus didn't promise that, or the, you know, God didn't promise that through Jesus there would be no more strife, there would be no turmoil, there would be no more wars, there, there would just be peace on earth. No, the peace on earth that he's talking about is not peace between us, that would be ideal, but it, it was peace with God. In other words, the conflict between God and mankind was now going to be settled, it was going to be over, there would be peace. I tell you, this is good news for us individually. We still live in a troubled world, and there's lots of strife and lots of wars and rumors of wars, and those things are going to increase in the last days. But the good news is, is you can have peace with God. Maybe everything out here is not perfect, but I tell you, this relationship can be perfect. It can be right because of what Jesus did. Verse 15, so it was. When the angels had gone away from them into heaven, that the shepherds said to one another, Let us now go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has come to pass, which the Lord has made known to us. Stop right there for a moment. Think about it. They said, Let's go to Bethlehem. Well, why? Why are you going to Bethlehem? Well, you know, it seems like a nice part of, part of the country. Uh, it's really nice this time of year. Bethlehem's a cool place to go. No, no, that wasn't the reason. Or we've tried everything else. We might as well try Bethlehem. I mean, our lives stink as it is. And uh, maybe the answer is in Bethlehem. I, I don't know if you've ever seen people that live that way. Or maybe you've done that way. You know, dissatisfied where you are, so you pop to something else. Things aren't working the way you want them to, so you try something new. Move here, move there. Quit this job, try this career for a while, and find out once you get there, once you get to the new house, once you get to the new state, once you get to the new place, mm, it's not really different. It's not really better. Things aren't what they I really wanted them to be. And there's a pattern in Scripture that will help us to avoid those mistakes, to avoid those false hopes. You know what the pattern is? Is before they picked up and went to Bethlehem, they heard from heaven. Before they just decided to pack up and rush off and, and, and head over to, to see this, they had a divine visitation. Heaven met them first and directed them to go in this direction. C can I encourage you that seeking the Lord 
is not to be done just by wandering around. Seeking the Lord is to be done in prayer, in calling out to Him for direction. I mean, are you looking for a job? Are you looking for a spouse? Are you looking for a, a college? Are you looking for a house? Uh, are, are you looking for some? Can I encourage you to pray first? Don't just look. Pray and then look. Pray and get direction. Let heaven visit you. Then go. And watch, watch, the, watch your, your, your success rate go way up through the roof because God only wants good things for us. I tell you, He wants to do wonderful things in our lives. Proverbs 29, 18 reads, Where there is no revelation, the people cast off restraint. What do I need first? First I need to see. First I need to know. First I need direction from God on which way to go. And then once I have it, once I've been faithful in the field, once I've been faithful with the flock, once I've been doing right with where He placed me and handling my responsibilities, then the angels show up. But if I go running off too soon, what happens? I miss the angelic visitation. I miss heaven coming into my life and directing me in the way that I should go. Verse 16 says, And then they came with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the babe lying in a manger. How many know once you get direction from heaven, once, you get, once heaven visits you, now you don't goof around anymore? You know, <laughs> you ever talk to the person and they said, well, uh, you know, the Lord's been dealing with me. He's been talking to me about, you know, such and such. And, uh, and so I'm really just, you know, been thinking about that. Well, when was that? Well, that was five years ago. And, well, listen, if you have the word, if you have the direction, if you know what to do, now it's time to go. Now it's time to pack your bags. Now it's time to move with haste. And, and have you ever noticed uh, that the Lord will work in you? And it's, it's not like he's forcing you. It's not like he's making you. See, that's usually demonic in nature. When you feel pressured, you feel you're like your arm's being twisted. You feel like there's someone pushing you. But, but, but the way the Lord works is He tugs us from the inside. It's gentle, but it's a, it's a come over here. It's a leading. It's like that invisible string, that rope that's tugging on your heart to go a certain direction. Some of you, will re you've recognized that happening. I've heard that happen many times when people come to church here. They say, I came in here, it's like... It's like I'm being pulled. It's like something's tugging on my heart. Like, this is where I'm supposed to be. And this is where your visitation is. This is where heaven will meet you. This is where you'll experience things you'll never experience elsewhere. When you follow that. Amen. I know people have asked me, really a lot in the last few months, this conversation comes up again and again. People have been asking me about how I discovered my calling. How did you know what God wanted you to do or what you were? And, and you know, sometimes when you, when you know that, that the Lord wants you to do something, in my case, uh, being in full-time uh, ministry, you know, I'm looking at the, at the list in Ephesians 4, and it says apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, teachers, and, and I'm looking at that, and, and there was a point where I'm thinking, okay, now, which one am I? You know, and I was, I, I knew enough, I was trained enough to know this is not really buffet, you know, just pick what you want, <laughs> just take whichever gift you want and want to be. I knew that was up to the Lord, but here's, here's how it worked in me, and I find this is true with others as well. I didn't get a revelation that I was a pastor. 
This is your gift. That I was a teacher, and then I, so I looked for a, someone to teach. You know, I looked for a, a group to pastor. It, was, it worked like this in me. I was saying, Lord, I don't really know what I am, so, so what do you want me to do? And when I asked him, and when I sought him as to what I should do, then I had a direction. Then I had a leading. Then there was that tug on the inside that said, go this way. Follow this. And I would obey him and go and do what he wanted me to do. And you know what happened in the midst of that? I discovered what I am. I discovered what gift I have. I I discovered something what he has designed me to do. And so often when people say, I don't know what gifts I have. I don't know what I'm called to do. Ask yourself this, Lord, ask him this. Lord, what do you want me to do right here, right now? And follow that. I'm telling you, at the end of that leading, there's a blessing. At the end of that leading, at the end of that direction, you head to Bethlehem, you're going to see something amazing. I tell you, God's going to move in that place. You're going to be, uh, you're going to be a, a part of something that is life-changing, that is world-changing. Amen. Amen. And I know sometimes as we talk this way, people recognize right on the inside, yep, the Lord's guiding me. He's directing me. Maybe you don't get to witness the birth of Christ because that only happens once. You know, maybe you don't get to witness something of that, on that magnitude, on that level. But I tell you, all of us are called to see Him move. All of us are designed. He's setting things up. So, if, so where if we will follow it, we will have a visitation of heaven for our own lives. Everybody okay? But when it's time, don't procrastinate. When the time is right, it's time to act so you don't miss out. Neglected opportunities bring regrets. When you know, it's time to go. It's time to act on what he has called you to do. And then verse 17, now when they had seen him, they made him widely, they made widely known the saying which was told them concerning this Christ. That's what we're doing here today. This is what we're called to do. Not keep it a secret, not keep it hidden. Don't want to tell anybody. Just keep it between me and God. No, make him widely known. And all those who heard it, marveled at those things which were told them by the shepherds. But Mary kept all these things and pondered them in her heart. Then the shepherds returned glorifying and praising God for all the things that they had heard and seen as it was told them. Can I encourage you all today? Be busy. Stay busy doing what you know to do right now and in the place of being faithful with what God has given you to do what God has given you to do heaven's going to show up I don't know if you'll see angels in, in the sky singing maybe you will maybe you won't but I tell you the pattern is when we're faithful to do what we know and some aren't doing what they know you know that you, you're not doing what you know to do so just get back He's merciful. He's kind. That's why he talks to us this way. He's tugging. Get back in that place. That's the place where God shows up. That's the place where heaven is revealed. That's the place where you get direction for the next assignment. That's the place where you will find the revelation, knowledge, the vision for what is to come. And this will position all of us 
for heaven to show up. Like the old timers said, stay under the spout where the glory comes out. Amen. <laughs>